Thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration, the Monday edition. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and today my special guest all the way from the UK is Natalie Chung. Natalie is an award-winning leader, volunteer, and civil engineer. After graduating from University of Manchester, Natalie worked as a transportation engineer on large-scale railway projects in the UK for a global built environment consultancy. She is passionate about promoting opportunities for all in careers in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, and now works to deliver the STEM ambassador program in London. She is also a consult member for the Women's Engineering Society and won their Amy Johnson Award in 2019 for promoting diversity in engineering and applied sciences. A fellow podcaster, Natalie is founder and host of Yellow Bee Pod, a podcast which highlights Asian voices in the UK. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Miss Natalie Chung on Wove Inspiration, the Monday edition. Today's show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. If you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Natalie Chung, did I pronounce your last name right? Please say I did. And yeah, that's pretty much right. I hear all sorts of different things from my last name. Awesome. So, uh, Natalie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Of course, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm doing well today. Obviously, we're in a bit of a strange time at the moment, but I'm very grateful that everyone um, in my family is healthy. And yeah, again, it's my pleasure to join you today. Yeah, this is a kind of a crazy time in, in everyone's life. And you're you're from the UK, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I live in the suburbs of London. And uh, I guess every country is dealing with this situation in their own way. And the UK is no different. Um, but uh, we are following sort of the social distancing rules that many other countries are, which just means that um, we are a little bit separated from our loved ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of sucks, but you know we got to do what we got to do to so that we can stay mm-hmm. healthy and get through this whole thing. So let's go ahead and get started. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself as well as your podcast, because I'm going to be interviewing a lot of podcasters, and the main theme is women podcasters. So tell us a little oh. bit about yourself. Well, that's amazing. Um, I'm always keen to check out other podcasters. I'm a big fan, and I spend a lot of my time listening to podcasts. Um, I'll introduce myself first. Um, I'm based in the UK. I'm British-born Chinese, and I am an engineer. So my background is in civil engineering, and I've worked in the transportation and railway projects in the UK um, as a civil engineer for the last few years. Um, I'm also particularly passionate about promoting careers in engineering and also in science, technology, and math. Um, for a whole range of young people, particularly young women. I find that there are a lot of school-aged children who, are, who don't consider those 
careers um, because of their gender, which is a real shame. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's something that's a real passion of mine. Um, so I was actually looking for a podcast which would highlight the East and Southeast Asian communities here in the UK, which are not huge, but we do exist. Um, but I, I actually found that when I was looking for this sort of Asian diaspora content, I always ended up finding Asian American content when actually it really should exist here in the UK. So instead of just waiting and complaining about it and waiting for someone else to create it, I decided just to create it myself. And I created my podcast called Yellow Bee Pod. Awesome. Awesome. So was there a particular reason why you decided to go into the engineering business? I I had always, always been interested in maths, which is sort of the traditional path to engineering to study maths probably physics at school and they go on to study at university mm-hmm. in, um, in the UK um, there wasn't one particular event but that I I was really interested in sort of how I could use maths and physics in a in a practical way for real life projects and I guess the big turning point for me was a, a work placement I did when I was 16. So before then, I hadn't ever heard of civil engineering. Um, It's a bit of a strange term if you're not familiar with it. And I did a work experience placement at a um, in a team who um, which was made up of project managers working on transport projects, Mm -hmm. and they worked with civil engineers on railways projects in London. Everyone takes the train, so it was really fantastic to be able to see how they were using their skills to. work on projects that everyone will benefit from everyone in the community so yeah I guess that was the turning point for me awesome awesome so what why is it so passionate for you to um, have make sure that little girls are get really interested in in STEM Mm, I guess because I had always been a little bit of a math nerd I never actually realized that it wasn't considered a very girly subject <laughs> until I was at university um, and then I joined a civil engineering class which was um, a number of about 100 but then only 15 of us were girls approximately those numbers um, and people were always very surprised to hear what I was studying what I was interested in and they just it just didn't sit right with me it shouldn't be such a surprise if a woman tells you that they're an engineer it shouldn't be yeah. a surprise at all um, but it still is to this day because we don't see engineers really on TV. We don't really have any female engineers who are well known, unfortunately. Um, so people really have this perception that it's either a sort of manual labor type of job, like a builder, mm-hmm. or something like they just visualize Einstein, like someone who's really smart at math and physics and is always, always a man. Yeah. And so yeah when I was studying at university I joined a group which was all about promoting sort of science technology engineering and maths to local schools and young people through um, lego robotics coding workshops and that's where my passion really started Uh, well I guess to link it back to the previous question I had created um, a space where I was really passionate about promoting opportunities for example in engineering with young people okay. and we were really keen to highlight that it's not just for young people but all young people so we need to make sure all are included in that including young women and people of different ethnicities um, as part of my passion for sort of 
diversity and true inclusion. Um, I also want to highlight amazing voices within my own community and other Asian diaspora communities here in the UK. Um, there are lots of, lots of ethnic minority groups and large populations, particularly where I'm based in London. Um, but for some East and Southeast Asian countries, we very, very, very rarely hear their stories represented in a positive way, in a realistic way, which is not just a character, caricature or a stereotype um, within mainstream media. So it's really up to the community to sort of make that space for themselves. And there are amazing groups out there doing stuff, um, but there wasn't exactly quite what I was looking for as a fan of podcasts and a listener myself. So that's why I started my podcast, Yellow Bee Pod. Okay, okay. But as far as the civil engineering field, why is it so important that um, young women get involved in that as well? It's just a shame that a lot of young um, a lot of young women don't even consider that to be an option. Yeah. So I've been sort of volunteering in schools before where um, children as young as 10 or 11 will already think, oh, engineer, that's not for me. And they don't even have a good idea of what an engineer is yet. Yeah. It's a really, really broad field that intersects with lots of different um, sectors, including health, construction, sports and more. And yeah, it's it's just a lot of there are a lot of opportunities there that people don't necessarily know about because it's not necessarily a public facing role and i'm not saying that all young people should go into engineering not at all it's not right for everyone but how do they know it's not right for them if they've never even given it proper consideration right yeah a lot of times and and i'm speaking from experience with my own daughter when i was trying to get her into because she's really really good in math and everything but she just could not get the concept of of going into maybe civil engineering or her um, dad was a mechanical engineer and Mm -hmm. and an architect as well and she's really good at drawing but she's like "Uh, i don't really want to do this and this is not (laughs) to me to her it was boring and i'm like but you would be so great in it but you know a lot of times young people have to to discover um, what their passion is on their own. And a lot of times they probably are, are already doing some form of engineering and don't even realize it anyway. But yep. yeah, it's it's amazing how that how that happens. So as you are were let's going back as you were um, getting more and more into um, your field and everything, were there ever any times that you were um, disappointed that, you know, something didn't really go go the way that you wanted it to go? Um, I guess um, when I first started working after graduating from university, I had a lot of expectations about what it would be like. I felt like I had done all the correct steps. I got good grades at school, went to university, graduated university and went straight into a sort of graduate scheme at a very large international organisation. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had checked all the right boxes, um, but actually the initial job that I had did not meet up to my expectations. Um, the company had just recently gone through a merger, which meant that a lot of the middle management had recently left. And ultimately, there was no work for me as one of 400 Um, fresh hire graduates across the country Um, that wasn't the case for sort of every team or every graduate 
but it was the case for me and I was very disappointed because I was very excited to use all the skills that I had picked up and to continue learning by working on real life projects but that mm-hmm. just wasn't the case in my team at that time um, which was particularly difficult because I guess it's expectations versus reality um, when I when I was in that situation I really had to make sure that I stayed motivated but the motivation needed to come from within because there wasn't necessarily a manager external telling me that oh you have to complete this by this deadline but rather I needed to make sure that I kept myself motivated by reaching out to other teams finding out what else I could do and also continuing my training on the job yeah and and the key thing was for you continuing the training, even though that you wasn't in in what you were what you wanted to do wasn't where you were wasn't really what you wanted to do at that time. Mm-hmm. But it also brought out a lot of training and a lot of other ideas, and you also saw the need for more women to really get involved in that particular field. And so with that in mind and that passion that you have, thus the development of, of your, um, your podcast and your program and, and also reaching out to other women that may have that same passion as you do, but wasn't able to really, you know, get it, really get it out there. So I commend you on that, even though sometimes we have to go through things we don't really want to go through and we're going to go through different disappointments um those disappointments only make us stronger and give us even more incentive to want to do it even more and help other people to do it as well so that's pretty cool so i understand that you were on uh, on a ted talk tell me about that experience because it takes a whole lot to get to that point um so yeah that was a particularly interesting highlight of 2019 um, taking it back, it started when I spent some time volunteering overseas in West Africa. I was okay. based in the capital city of Togo at a YMCA there, so a youth centre there. Um, I was based there for three months, and without getting too much into it, because honestly I could talk about it all day. Hey, that's um, fine. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was working, I was um, one of two team leaders leading a team of both British and Togolese volunteers and to deliver education projects, health projects, and also entrepreneurship projects. So ultimately, our aim was to help to ease the poverty in the young people in that community. I found that to be a very fulfilling experience, not without its challenges. It was um, probably, it was definitely the most stressful time of my life, but uh, absolutely not something that I regret doing, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. So after I returned to the UK after nearly three months in Togo, I stayed involved with the organisation, with the YMCA movement, which is ginormous, it's global, and it's um, really phenomenal to see all the different work that the YMCA does. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about all all this different work that the YMCA does when they held their 175th year celebration in London last year. Okay. And so... London is where the first YMCA was started before it became this huge global youth movement. And they sort of brought it back almost like a homecoming, which was really phenomenal. They had attendees from, it must have been nearly every country in the world. It was absolutely amazing to meet some really inspirational leaders um, from different communities who were all doing amazing things. And I was even lucky enough to be selected as a keynote speaker. 
Oh, wow. So the organizers of the event had partnered with TED, who are based in the US, to um, select some young people. And I still count in that category as a young person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, to be be a, a speaker, which is absolutely fantastic. So I received coaching from the American TED team. Um, and had the opportunity to speak in front of a huge audience and probably the biggest audience I'll ever speak in front of for the rest of my life as well Mm -hmm. maybe maybe 3,000 attendees and a huge international audience as well Um, and it was really incredible and a huge credit to the organizers of that event for pulling together I mean there's so many people coming in and coordinating a huge range of activities but then also making sure that they had young people's voices actually centered in the in the youth movement which is sort of where my opportunity to speak came from that's amazing three thousand people yeah i would have been nervous extremely yeah (laughs) that's that's a whole lot of folks so what suggestions suggestions can you offer to someone who may have a desire to go into the uh, civil engineering field or wants to promote more so to the young ladies um, uh, out there um, to pursue that particular career? What what can you offer someone who wants to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say my number one suggestion is to get out there and find out what it's really like. You could speak to a careers counsellor, you can read it in a book, but nothing is as good as actually seeing it with your own eyes. And I think the best way to do that is to find people within your community, your network, maybe stalk some people on LinkedIn and find out what do they actually do day to day, because that might be very, very different from what you expect. And that's also what I would advise to, for example, any parents who are looking to advise their children, because, yeah, again, expectations can be very, very different from reality. And there's no better way to find out the real parts of a job than finding out from someone who's actually working in that field yeah yeah definitely so i and this is a question that i ask all of my guests where do you see yourself a year from now in hopes that well i know we'll be out of well hopefully out of this whole coronavirus (laughs) junk that's going on but where do you see yourself a year from now Hmm, that's difficult to say i wish i could tell you i had clear set out long-term goals but Mm -hmm. i don't at the moment um, I understand that sort of careers now can be a bit um, wibbly wobbly, shall we say? Um, yeah. And there's, there is a lot of uncertainty, but that with that also comes opportunity. Um, I would love to be um, still working within London, but ultimately being able to support other people to achieve their sort of social impact goals. Okay. At the moment, I support volunteers who work with young people, telling them about their jobs within sort of engineering fields Um, but I would also like to sort of grow that to not just volunteering but then also help people who actually want to start their own projects and whatever impact they want to have in their community whatever cause they they care about but being able to consult them and support them to do that and that's something I would absolutely love to be able to say that I'm doing this time next year but of course life is full of surprises um, at the start of this year, I wouldn't, I didn't even know that I was starting my own podcast, but here I am uh, with a with a fully fledged podcast. So yeah, life is full of surprises, but I'm happy to um, go along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of go with the flow. So where can people find you on social media as well as 
where we can listen to you on the podcast? Um, I would love to connect with people either on LinkedIn or Twitter. So my name is Natalie Chung. On Twitter, I am Natalie G. Chung. Uh, my surname is spelled C-H-E-U-N-G. <laughs> and my podcast, you can find on Twitter and Instagram. On both, it's Yellow Bee Pod. B is in a bumblebee. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, you can find um, me and my podcast. And I would love to connect with anyone who has found me through listening to this. Awesome. Yeah. And so I, I, another question I always ask before we part, what inspiring word would you like to leave with this listening audience? Um, something which I try to live by and I only learned in my sort of recent years is if you want something, you absolutely have to just ask for it. No one's going to give you the opportunity if they don't know that you even want it. And I think that's particularly key for women who might sometimes think that opportunities will come if they just keep their heads down and work hard. So yeah, work hard, but also ask for things. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta put your voice out there. Use your voice. Definitely use your voice. Natalie, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And um, you guys, you need to follow her on her podcast as well as Twitter and on LinkedIn to get connected with her and check out her. I'm going to actually be posting her TED talk so that you guys can see her information as well and listen to her, her uh, speak on civil engineer, as well as how she got where she is today. Natalie, thank you so no much problem. for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a delight and I really appreciate your time and um, your efforts to create this podcast for raising women's voices. That's what it's all about. Hey, that's just what it is. This is Althea with (laughs) Wove Inspirations. You guys have an awesome day and take care. God bless.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspirations, the Monday edition. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a comment about the show. If you are interested in being a part of this show, you want to be a guest and share your inspirational story, email me at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Keep moving forward and God bless.